Welcome back to another episode of Mostly Ghostly with Matthew Fisher, myself, and the man on the other side of the microphone, Ray Booten. How you doing over there, Ray? Pretty good, pretty good. How about you? Doing all right. Not too bad, not too bad. You know, they're, they're doing some work outside the house this evening, this morning, so it's kind of uh, been an inconvenience, but what can you do, you know? There are people starving to death in other countries, you know what I mean? Yeah, unfortunately. It's true. And, uh, you know, I know those those folks, if they could have one thing happen to them, it'd probably be a time slip, maybe, where they could, they could jump back in time to a, a better time, perhaps. You know what I mean? Oh, I can understand that. I've been there. Yeah, what, wanting, wanting to slip back in time? Uh, wanting to slip back and also, well, we'll get to it, but kind of uh, seeing something out of the past, losing time, where no explanation why that time was gone. What is, what's your, what's your, what do you think the fascination, the public's fascination with time travel is? Uh, besides curiosity, I think that uh, deep down inside, you got a lot of people who would like to change things. They have an idea how things would be better. Yeah. And they'd want, they'd want to change it. Well, yeah, that's the unfortunate corrupt aspect of it, you know what I mean? Yeah, but then you also get that paradox. I mean, let's say someone goes, let's say someone's parents, uh, I don't know, they met during World War Two. Yeah. And then someone goes back and kills Hitler and there's no World War Two. How did they go back if their parents never met and had them? Yeah. No, I hear you. Or, or it's the same thing about, you know, someone goes back and kills their great-grandfather, then they don't exist anymore. So you get a paradox that goes in there that's kind of interesting to play with. That uh, It's been done in movies and stuff, but it started out as a scientific question. Huh? Yeah. Well, we talked about, I think, A Sound of Thunder, which was like the butterfly effect while back but it would be cool I mean I think you know people's fascination with time travel is it is it's science fiction in it's rawest form you know what I mean it brings you right there it's it's almost it's like the unknown that you know but it's known so you know like I'd love to go back in time you know I wouldn't have you're your, your dead correct straight ahead with the correctness with um you know, the bad folks wanting to go back and do things, you know, to be bad, to be negative. But there'd be a lot of really cool things, of course, to do that were positive. Like, I've often said it'd be cool to kind of, you know, if you had a favorite movie or something like that, that you wanted to kind of go back and actually watch a make or something like that, that'd be fun, you know. Like, how cool would it be to be able to stay, to go back in time and, like, stay in the hotel like I'm sure they did I'm sure everybody probably, they had a hotel, they probably stayed in the rooms. I don't know. I don't know my facts on that, but uh, either if they didn't, like, who would have wanted to be on the set of The Shining? Think about how cool that would be for a second. If you could say, what are you doing for summer break? Oh, I'm going on the set of The Shining. And they'd be like, they're rebooting the movie. It's like, no, I'm going back to the Kubrick one. And like, uh-huh. I'm jumping on my time machine. I know, they're like, they're thinking, um extracurricular drug activities I think at this point <laughs> they're going oh well okay well that's hopefully comes back from something like that damn um, but that'd be cool like that you know to go back and see you know big crazy things happening 
um, important things, you know what I mean? It'd be really cool to do time travel, you know what I mean? If you, if you could think of one thing, fun, maybe not fun, but just something not personal, pop culture that you would like to have gone, go back to and witness firsthand, like a Woodstock or what, what, what would it be? Well, I'm old enough to have been around for Woodstock. I, I missed know. It. When I said that, I thought to myself, Ray's probably going to come back and say, oh, I was at Woodstock, bud. No, no, I had a chance, but I missed it. Um, yeah, I, actually, if you bring up, up Woodstock from my perspective now to go back and enjoy it, knowing what it is, oh, yeah, I'd love it. And if you were a super-duper rich person that wanted to kill yourself off but go out, go out super-dramatic... And become history? Would you? Would you go back and go on the Titanic and go down big? Uh, I don't know. Uh, freezing to death in water. Uh, that's that's not the way I'd want to go. Well, suicide is usually when you hate yourself, so you're gonna want to put your body through the pain, you know. Um, but I do think that um, I do a time machine would be really cool. It's one of those those things when they say, "Well, would you rather like to be able to fly, be invisible?" Go back in time should be one of them. You know what I mean? Yeah, but time time is pretty much of a concept. Uh, well, some scientists call it another dimension. Well, let's figure and it out then. We'll do that. We'll figure out how times, uh, take a look at times when maybe, uh, look at that, I'm using the word times, like instances it. when uh, maybe people did go through time and uh, see something. It was uh, would be would be build it out of a DeLorean, or it would be use a uh, a phone booth like Bill and Ted. What would you, what, what's a good? What do you think the best time travel instrument would be? Uh, well, if you're gonna do a time travel, I'd say it would have to be something that alters the mind to be able to release your consciousness and get rid of this limited view that we have to be able to travel back, travel back, and view what's going on. So it'd be probably like a box. You'd probably lay in a box. That's probably what they do because of the you know, and to go back to that, you know, the sound of thunder thing where they they get they they step off the beaten path and that's how the problem erupts. So like if you were, if they put you in like a like coffin bed type thing, something popped into your head to like put you in a a state. You know what I mean? And then while you're there, you're kind of sedated and under. A way you're not, you know, flailing around and creating a scene and breaking things and running off where you shouldn't be, you know. It, it, but do you think what one? You think not pro, not in our lifetimes, I'm sure. But do you think um, do you think that there there would be you know a lifetime ahead of us that would see time travel? Like legit, I think, like a legitimate. I think so. I think know. I think there might be able to be. I mean, there's a joke going around right now that. Uh, What's happening in 2020 is a time traveler came back to try and fix things, and all they're doing is keep on screwing it up worse. Well, that's not very funny. That's very offensive, actually. I find that very offensive. <laughs> you know, it's too too soon, too soon. But uh, I mean, if you take a sleep deprivation chamber where you yeah. float on the, on the salty water and there's no sound, um, you put in soundproofing so that. Uh, you're getting rid of everything that's outside of you uh, through a series of meditations and also raising an energy level. I think it would be possible for someone to break the bonds of the limitations that their body has here since uh, 
like Einstein said, mass is only energy slowed down. If you can find a way to tap that energy and travel through the different energy fields, mm-hmm. um, I think you can time travel. I think it's really a case of perspective. Let's say you take uh, something like a ping pong ball and uh, you draw a circle around it. Now, we have a limited consciousness. We know that there are things all around us we can't see. The, the easiest thing nowadays to say is you like 4 or 5G. Uh, you're getting images on a phone or a computer, uh, television, sounds. So there's a whole universe out there of things going on around you. Mm-hmm. But if you go back to that little ping pong ball with the line around it, with our precious present state of consciousness we're at one point on that line and we think that oh this this is this is my life yeah but the line exists all the way around the ball Mm. you're aware of where you are now but there's one theory out there that that says you're still being born you're still five years old you're still dying you're still 50 years old those things are all happening simultaneously is in a continuum they're happening but you're only aware of any single point at one time to open up that awareness to see it all then you're breaking the bonds of our concept of time and you in theory could travel back through time interesting yeah I feel like it's probably not the most impossible thing in the world you know what I mean (coughs) I think it, and I really don't think that it's machinery per se that will do it. It may be, uh, devices or machinery that may be able to help us free our minds if we can't do it ourselves. But, uh, if you take past life regressions, how can person, a person remember past lives, um, if they don't have it, they're not in touch with that life still, if it doesn't exist somewhere? Uh, if you go and, you know, so, someone does a regression and they're remembering all these different lives in these different places. Is it stored in the mind or is the mind connecting to that time where they lived? Because they had the same mind or the same soul at that time. Are they connecting and bridging that gap from the past to the present? Not sure. I think they might be. Yeah. It'd be like, it'd be some type of energy thing that would do it. It would have to be. It wouldn't be something just your typical organic thing. It would have to be some type of weird energy twisting into, like, you know, something else. They'd have to figure out some weird, you know what I mean? Well, there are several meditative techniques. One, a couple of them are based on sacred geometry. The flower of life is one of them. Yeah. Uh, deck method uses the same sort of thing, and... What these things do is raise your energy to an energy level that matches the universe, and you travel, that way you can travel outside of yourself, and you're looking at the possibility of time as well as getting rid of the boundaries of space, because you're now not the body traveling, Yeah. it's now the spirit traveling. True. So I, I agree, if you can find a mechanism to raise that energy level and you have the person trained for it, they may be able to free their consciousness from their body. And be and then it's, you know, there's no limit to what they can do. Yeah. No, it's true. I mean, what do you think of those old, those, those pictures you see, the people, people post up, you'll see, like, articles and stuff on of people in, like, 
you know, modern, you know, modern day clothing and old, older times, you know, you'll see. It'll be like people waving to people on the Titanic, and there'll be a guy wearing like a, like a Nike hoodie with like a 2018 Red Sox World Series hat. You know what I mean? Oh uh, yeah, those things. Uh, yeah, that was. Uh, it could have been someone just playing when they shouldn't have been playing. It could have been do- doing something a little bit better, but you know, more power to them. They did it. A lot of photoshopped, but they're weird. They're very kind of weird. And, and the one you see the ones with like. Um, you know, celeb. Uh, you know, people looked exactly like celebrities back in the day. But that's, I feel that's common. Even like, they say that every, like all everybody has like people that look just like them in this world because you know there's only certain things. There's only certain things on a face that can be different. You know what I mean? Well, there's. Uh, I think they also say there's at least one person that is your double while you're alive. I I believe that and would speculate maybe even more. I remember I seen a I had a VHS once, um, and I remember I could have sworn the dude on the back of that. I gotta find it. The dude on the back of that, like in the, in one of the scenes, was like was my cousin. Like like no like it was you know obviously it wasn't. But I if if you told me it was, I would have said yep. Absolutely. It was like uncanny. Well, it was crazy. Well, I encountered it one time when yeah. I was in high school. I uh, went to uh, the different high schools would hold different mixers or dances. And I went to one, and I'm standing there talking to somebody. A girl comes up to me and slaps me in the face oh, no and, start, and starts yelling at me and reaming me out. And I kind of step back, and when she says, what do you have to say to yourself? And I just... Who the hell are you? And she just froze. She said, what? And I started talking to her. And in that moment... She stared at me and she goes, no, 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 the the, the voices, the voices. And I mean, I showed her, you know, look, here's my license. Here's who I am. Who the hell are you talking about? She goes, he looks exactly like you. He looks like he's an asshole and he looks exactly like... Yeah, well, it ain't me, okay, bitch? It's kind of like, get out of here. Did she say the voices? The voice was different. Oh, Mine. I was gonna say. Yeah, I was gonna tell you. If anybody ever tells you the voices are telling them anything, never uh, show your ID. Never. No. I no. But I, I was. She was. She was ready to assault me. This guy must have done something nasty to her and stuff like that. And I had other people there saying, "What the hell are you doing?" And stuff. Look, look. This is a who the hell. And when I started talking, she like, "Oh my god, it's not your, the voice." And it's like, "Yeah, hello." He may look exactly like me, but he ain't me. I wonder if somebody sent her to you as like a curse. Well, I don't know. It's just someone out there uh, not too nice. And, uh, at least then looked like me. I don't know how they aged. But, uh, well, if that, if that lady found him, maybe they didn't. Yeah. Could have never made it out of high school. They're out there uh, underneath that football field somewhere. Maybe they're in our VIP fan section of the Mostly Ghostly audience. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I, I'd say uh, under the football field, like Jimmy Hopper, you know, whatever. Under the nail salon, <laughs> they use them for gravel in the nail salon. Um, yeah, darkness falls, huh? But yeah, yeah, time travel would be one of the things to do. You know what I mean? And you could, you know, I mean, I'm sure that the dark arts are trying to find their way because all the, you know, the powers, all these evil entities with money and all that, and. You know the fine, the finest scientists at hand. 
Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they would dip it into this because, you know, if you could go back in time, look at, you know, the, the sports almanac into the Back to the Future world. You know what I mean? Just how important that was to the Biff character. That Biff character grew up to be uh, Don, Donald Trump. Remember? Doug, sorry, but I don't re don't remember it too the, much. Um, but, like, if somebody could, had the power to go back and forth knowing, you know, stock market things, invest, you know, what what's going to be big sporting event, event outcomes, you know, uh, what, what music's going to be big, what... You know what film or filmmaker is going to be big? You know if you could go in and if you could go back and invest, you know, five hundred bucks in Apple before it blew up when it was nothing, you'd probably be fucking beyond rich today. You know what I mean? Yeah, I also think that as if you're talking about outside of uh, building a time machine, I think there are tears in a fabric of time that occasionally you get a glimpse of what can travel to, and that's that's what uh, basically a time slip is. Yeah. Um, I can, and a weird thing that happened is I was driving with my wife. We were going out to visit uh, our son out in Ohio. Mm -hmm. Now, we've been out back and forth to Ohio several times. We know how long the trip's supposed to take. So uh, we're going out there, and there's one point where you get to, you literally, because he lives in southern Ohio, so you go down from Pennsylvania, down in, I think it's Kentucky or something, you cut across. There's a mountain. And as you approach it, you see this, this, it's pretty decent size. It's bigger than a hill, but it's not Everest. And you see houses partway up and stuff. It's huge. And then you come around a corner and you realize there's a tunnel that goes through it. Mm -hmm. And we went in the tunnel. And we were, we were checking out, you know, we're making good time. Should be there soon. We come out the other end of the tunnel. Says, okay. I'm checking the time. And it's kind of like, what the... It's four hours later. We ended up staying overnight. It was now late in the day from the time we went in the tunnel till the time we came out. And it was kind of like I had to tell him, no, we won't make it till tomorrow because we're, we're, bu we're booking a room. And we very rarely tell about it. We just joke about the long trip. Yeah. We went into a tunnel, came out four hours later, and it was like, what? Wait, 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 what, 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 what happened there? You know, sun shouldn't be setting now. <laughs> it's kind of like what's going on here yeah. but uh yeah that's you know accidental went through something there don't know what it was truth yeah it's one of them things you know and I think those little portals or those little tears in what I call them tears in a fabric of time I think they exist and that's how we glimpse sometimes something that came out of the past like whether you're uh, let's say you're at Gettysburg and you see soldiers marching by. Well, it may be residual energy, but it also may be that momentarily you're looking beyond this time into the past, that something happened there that kind of tore that fabric of time a little bit so that you can glimpse what's happening there. I don't think it's all uh, residual energy. I think there are times you actually peer into the past and you get to see it. Interesting. Yeah, that's like, uh, to be able to jump around. I mean, if you knew where these things were, you could jump. You could, you could pass through them if you knew how, or if you, if you just knew where they were and use them, 
you know, on purpose, let's say, to go back to the Civil War. Of course, I wouldn't pick Gettysburg. That's not a good time to go back to. But, you know, if, if there was something where there was a tear, there was something where there was momentarily a door open, mm-hmm. you could, in theory, just step right through. You would probably appear as a ghost or a weird creature to the person on the other side because of the way you're dressed and your behavior. Yeah, it'd be shocking. <laughs> it'd be shocking and be like, uh, like when the old timers seen the hippies for the first time. Uh, yeah. They say, you know, if you have long hair, you need not apply hair, my friend. Get out of here with that shit, they say. But I think sometimes you can also have um, entities in another dimension or in another space that may use that to try and lure you in and trap you. Yeah. Um, I was driving, uh, again, with my, my wife sometime, uh, one time, and she's an empath. We were going down a road, and I started to get this feeling like, uh-oh, my uh, spiritual radar went up. And uh, meanwhile, she's looking out the window, and, she, and then she looks back to me and said, did you see that old house with the little girl in the mirror, in the window? And I said, no. And I got this really bad, I had gotten this really bad feeling, so starting to put up extra walls of protection. Mm. On the way home, we drove by the same place. The house was not there. And we, as a matter of fact, we went by there, uh, you know, I don't know, about three or four days ago and she was saying I still don't believe that house is not here when she was looking at the spot now I did research there was a little girl that was killed there and there was a guy that used to molest and kill several kids who lived in that house since then the house has been torn down but she saw the house as it was back then so whether it's a time slip or whether it's an evil entity trying to lure somebody in by presenting a child, there's a question there, but what she saw doesn't exist in this time. Yeah. But something put it out there for her to see. And she's a she's got a good heart, so she, she you know, the first, best way to appeal to her is a sad child in a window. Yeah, that'd be a good way to, to uh, you know, get a lot of people to hook them in. goes back to that whole... Children ain't gonna hurt you thing we we talk about many a times on the mostly ghostly show. But yeah, it was I. Uh, let's see, today's Wednesday. It was I think last Friday we drove by there. So and she was looking for it again, saying I don't believe it. I really don't believe it. But she saw it. I didn't see it, but I got the feeling about something and started throwing up. Uh, like I said, barriers to keep anything around there out. Does that make you want to go to the actual location and dive in and kind of investigate it or just stay away? Uh, it's by the side of the road. It's just an empty lot now. Yeah. Um, I've driven by there quite a few times and there's nothing nothing there or presents to me. So I, I don't know if I'd want to bother just walking around that piece of land or not. Yeah. probably private property yeah no they haven't built on it since but uh, that was uh, some years ago so that uh, all those things happened yeah well it's interesting you know 
It's definitely some interesting stuff. One of these days, Ray Booten's going to write a book, a paranormal book. I want to co-write it with you. Well, it's okay you, with me. If you want to leave me out, I'll do the forward. <laughs> you know? But that'd be cool. I support yeah. that. Uh, the second book will be about our time travel once we once we get that figured out. Once we figure it out. Yeah. But I think time slips, yeah. I think they're a real, a definite real thing. And I think there have been a lot of cases that they cannot explain without that, uh, what do you want to call it, a uh, tear in time, uh, or you want to call it a glitch in the matrix of creation, uh, or someone, some power opening up time. Mm-hmm. I definitely think it is real. Yeah, yeah. I would love to be able to uh, master it, you know. I also think that, I mean, I used to uh, teach courses, uh, whole seminars rather, about, uh, yeah, there were like mini courses, one-day courses, mm-hmm. about psychic abilities and mediumship. And one thing we I used to do is, uh, I think it's called psychometry. You hold something. And then you can tell something about who owned it. You get feelings or energy. Now, some people would say that's the residual energy in the object. But I used to bring something, uh, several things, and one of them uh, was from my mother. She she was already in spirit. Mm -hmm. And I used to let people hold it. And I say, okay, what do you feel? Some people would feel this, that, the other. Did you occasionally get the person who'd get the stick... Blank stare on their face, and they'd start talking. Oh, I see an island, and I see this, and I see that, and that, and they'd start describing things. And then I'd take it back, and I said, "Yeah, you just described uh, your hometown on an island in the Mediterranean." Now, how did they see that? If it's just a little residual energy on that object, they were shown a whole place, and they were almost like they were taken there which I have gone on the web, and it doesn't look like that anymore, this many years later. Uh, she was born 1921, so 100 years later, 99 years later, it doesn't look like that anymore. Yeah. But they were seeing it as it was, and it was almost like they were there the way they were talking, and their eyes were just glazed over. And it's kind of, was that a little bit of a time quarter open when they... Uh, held that object and then they started uh, to connect with that time and not just the object mm. possibly <coughs> so we'll jump in real quick you know a, t- a time slipping is, a, is an occurrence in which a person or people step from their time into another time either in the past or in the future this uh, paranormal idea is based on the scientific theory that is uh, not linear but rather occurs like water in a lake rippling around the same point in space. A person who experiences a time slip usually has some awareness of their current time, then they slip into a different time. And then, when they become aware of time again, more time has passed than would seem possible. The person also usually experiences a disquieted, unsettling, or depressing feeling. Some people have been even described as sort of fog surrounding them as they emerge into another time. 
time slips are spontaneous instances of time travel. According to Tim Swartz, a time slip is an event where it appears that some other era has briefly intruded on the present. Time slips are a subset of time travel in which the instance is spontaneous and brief. Time slips have alternatively been uh, posited as hauntings uh, in which the person who experiences the time slip is actually encountering ghosts or a past memory that is strong at that particular place. However, when a person experiences a time slip, their surroundings also change, which seems to to contradict the theory that time slips are merely incidences of visiting ghosts. It would be very easy to simply dismiss time slip cases as complete bunk. After all, there is uh, no explanation in modern physics for the ability to randomly travel into the past. The stories that they tell are so extraordinary, it's hard to believe that the people who tell them could even be truthful. Yet, there is a lot of reasons to believe those who report time slips. Many of the people who have experienced time slips accurately describe minor aspects of their experiences that only historians would typically know. Which, that's craziness, right? I mean, that's good evidence of, you know, the argument, I feel. Well, yeah, if the person has no information and only a historian would know, then something actually happened there. It goes back to that possession thing when they they speak in, you know, backwards Latin, you know what I mean? And it's they like, never took a lot. They don't know Latin. Yeah, they can barely speak English, and they go, you got to be careful. Uh, maybe I should be careful. Uh, I wonder what Latin dialect that is. <laughs> that, that is, that is, keep it moving, keep it grooving. And we got some cases, too. You know, a good example of this would be Annie Moberly and France Jourdain, who visited Paris in the early 1900s, they felt a distinct change in the atmosphere, then began to see gentlemen in tri-cornered hats uh, strolling the grounds of Paris. Women in old fashion, even for the 1900s, clothing were spotted by the duo, and it became quite clear that they were actually strolling the 1700s. This was further cemented when Jourdain revisited Paris a year later, only to find that the scenery in that area she visited was completely different. Only after her visit did she learn that one of the women that she saw matched Mary Antoinette's description perfectly. On the day that she learned about the angry mob that would eventually kill her... Now, do you think the royalty of back in the day would have the, have all like, you know, the witches and the the wizards and all that? I know, you know, you, you see in, in fairy tale things, you see the wizards always working for them. You think that was realistic? And if so, do you think that they would have those wizards throw, a, throw something on their soul that they could, they would remain? They wouldn't, in fear of maybe going to hell because of their wicked deeds, do you think they would have the wizards almost try and put them in a hereafter haunting, staying here, not not having to go to that other place because they might have a feeling that other place could be bad news? It could have also been a curse. I mean, they, I, With on her, believe, like Marianne, I believe yeah. that there are many people uh, from that and other times that, you know, they give a public persona, you know, yeah. this is who I am, and they may be one way or the other, and then they had their secret ceremonies going on in the back room, and they were associating with people that normally uh, any sane person wouldn't want to be around. 
Right. And they're, they're doing the ritual. So it could be a curse. Um, it could be that person opened up something at that time that they were unable to close. I mean, True. if you have, let's say, you use the term wizard, well, you have someone who opens up a portal back then, and it's like the day before Marie Antoinette is taken away, well, maybe they grab him too, and he never was able to close that portal. So you have that permanent time slip, that permanent portal open where you get to walk in. Uh, you don't realize it. You walk through it, yeah. and then you walk back. Because someone opened it up back then, and it's still open. Well, the keep with the time slip thing, do you think that, you know, royalty like she was would have would have links to, you'd have the, everybody working for her to get those, figure out time slips so she could, because they, they all want eternal life. That's the, the, They have the riches and all that. What else could you want more? Eternal life is... The most valuable thing in the world would be eternal life. Well, that's where a lot of legends come from. Unless you're um, Dracula, then you then you it's a burden on you because then everybody's gone. But oh yeah, vamp, them, vamp, vampires live forever. Uh, all these things that live forever, unless you kill them a certain way. Um, yeah, I mean, you take people today who are obsessed with, let's say, working out and this diet and that one, and they're trying to hold off aging. They want to live forever. On paper, on paper, living forever sounds like good times. But even the once you've been living forever, you start to say, you know, I wish I could just not live forever. Maybe. Well, there was a TV series yeah. based on the. Uh, well, there was a series of movies, and then it went to a TV series, uh, Highlander. Ooh, classic. And an interesting thing about that was he was always afraid of getting attached to somebody or falling in love. And I'm not sure it was in a movie or the TV show, but one of them is because he always outlives any the person that he loves. He has to continually watch these people he loves die, and he considers it more of a curse than anything else. Yeah, he doesn't want doesn't want to live forever. Uh, can't have a relationship because he has to watch the person grow old and die. So, yeah, there's a definite downside. Imagine if you're around for uh, a thousand years and all of that you've seen and everything and the death, the destruction, everybody you came in the, in the world, never mind everybody you came close to that has passed that you couldn't do anything about. That's more of a curse. You're not moving on as sure. you should. You're not transitioning into that spirit world as you should. For sure. You know... There could be, there'd be, you know, there's a hell for a vampire. That sounds like a very emo song right there. But um, you got to figure if, if humanity was all to die out, what would the what would vampires feast on? They wouldn't have anything. They'd have to figure out how to make fake blood like in that movie. But uh, they'd have hunger pains galore. They wouldn't be able to get off the floor. You know what I mean? Well, that, that leaves up open the, the uh, storyline that they start feasting on each other. That's true. And they look down, there's like, there should be a story of like, the vampire, the whole town looks down on because he eats, a, eats a, drinks the blood of other vampires. There probably is something like that. Well, you know, that, that might be the, be the one vampire that the town likes because that vampire is getting rid of all the other vampires. 
I'd like to announce real quick right now that we're making Boombastic Films is making a film where Ray Boone is the father of Alexander Hawk, who is the, the the cute chubby little teenage high school kid running around drinking other vampires' blood, and then when Ray finds out about it, he has to bring him somewhere, and they have a talk, and they say one or two things are gonna happen here, son. You're gonna stop drinking every goddamn vampire's blood in our town. Or, you see this steak? I'ma drive it through your fucking heart myself! You know what I mean? And, uh, very dramatic stuff. Uh, Oscar buzz already. Yeah, well, you know, Dad has to remind him that, uh, in one way, all of those other vampires he's killing are brothers and sisters in their kin, and you don't do it to family, so straighten up or else. Some people consider it to be fair game, too. The, it's the unofficial sequel to fair game. The more dramatic fair game. Uh, to be seen on American Sasquatch Part 2. The second bite. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's coming. Um, but yeah. So, you know... Interestingly enough, you know, there was there are some examples of time slips which have actually phys- have physical evidence. One of these happens to be the case of Mr. Squirrel in 1973. Uh, the man entered an envelope shop and was uh, served by a woman in Edwardian dress. He bought a bunch of envelopes and left the shop. The next day, he returned once more, only to find that the entire shop had changed completely upon asking about the strange woman who sold him the envelopes the day before. The elderly woman at the counter was unable to recall anyone of that sort who worked there. He still had the envelopes in hand and soon discovered that the company that made the envelopes went out of business over a decade ago. In 1979, two married couples... Geoff and Pauline Simpson, uh, no, no relation to O.J. Simpson, and Len and Cynthia Gisby went for a vacation in Spain. While they were driving through France on their way to Spain, they stopped at a hotel. They stayed at the hotel, had dinner there, and they stayed the night. Both couples noted that the hotel was extremely outdated. Their bedroom had no window pane, only shutters, which sounds very cold, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Um, and depending on the heat, uh, mosquito-y would be a fucking nightmare. Um, the beds also had no pillows, which is, uh, no fun. And there were no sheets, only calico fabric. What's calico fabric, Ray? You uh, I think that that's more of a design, I oh. think. Alright, is it like a burlap sacky type stuff? That sounds terrible. Uh, a little finer than that, but yeah, not as good as the sheets we have now. I sleep on a burlap sack just to make things, you know, keep my keep my struggle alive. Uh, the bill- well, uh, yeah. are you talking about uh, sleeping on a burlap burlap sack? Or are you talking about your coffin lined in burlap? Ooh, that just got real. That just made me sad. Um, I, I, what? I, I, Why? I mean, I, I'll tell you. I'll- a coffin made out of? Are you? I, well, actually, that's your coffin, right? I was going to no, say. My, my- uh, my mine's lined with satin. Okay. I go for the good stuff. I thought you were going. I thought you. Were, well, when uh, vampire lives, are vampire lives? Yeah, vampire uh, lives. I gotta, my coffin's kick ass. If I was vampire, my coffin would be the bomb. 
It'd be some cool shit. It'd be it'd be it'd be a different shape than other ones. The inside would be great. It would have. I'd want to put a stereo system on the inside. Maybe a little television setup. Um, don't forget. Don't forget to put a small trough in there. Just just about one inch deep, just down the middle of it. Maybe three or four inches wide with your native soil, because you got to rest on your native soil. I'd shoot. I'd shoot blood in my veins like heroin. I, I wouldn't drink it out of people's necks. I'd shoot it up like heroin. Uh, it'd be a procedure where I, I just dose it into my arm. Boom! Big hit. Beam! Beaming. Beaming. Um, that'd be cool. I'd want massage, like, uh, fingers put into there so I, when I'm laying there, I can get the massage and stuff. That'd be cool. Actually, going back to what you said about time traveling and uh, what you said about Woodstock. And that box, yeah. Wow, could you imagine a vampire at Woodstock, the buzz he'd get sucking all that blood? Wow. Imagine the groupie vampires, all the buzz they get sucking that. Uh, oh, wait a second, this is a family-friendly show. Sorry, folks. Sorry. I didn't mean to go there. Got um, carried away. I know. That's what. That's the problem I have. That's why we're not on the big networks, Ray. They've, Give it you know, time. I want to take a moment. We've been approached by a gigantic network. They want to take on the show, but they, they want to ditch me. They want to get rid of me because I'm too foul. But they want Ray, and Ray told them, Nah, I'm not going without Matt. What a guy. We want to applaud. Thank you, Ray, right there for his dedication and loyalty to Matt Fisher. Oh, we're, we're a team. Definitely a team. There you go. See? Well, I appreciate that. Um, back to what we were saying before, though. What were we speaking of? <laughs> the time slips that have physical evidence. You were just finished talking about the one that went into a store I, and got the, the, the paper, the envelope. I, yeah. I've had, and I, th- I felt like I've had time slips before in the sense of when you go on drives and, you know, you feel like you go on an hour and a half drive and then all of a sudden you're there and it's like 45 minutes. I've been on, I've had a situation like that before. That's as, that's as time slippy as it gets for me. But, um, you know, um, we talked about, did we talk about the hotel where, you know, where it had, it, it had no pillows, no sheets? Yep. The calico fabric. We stepped on the calico fabric, right? Uh, the, yep. the bill seemed to be quite low for the time. That was also an issue, which usually you take that as a blessing and keep it moving. Uh, when they asked for directions to the nearest interstate, the hotel staff seemed to have no idea what they were talking about or what automobiles were. Uh, when they later had their vacation pictures developed, the pictures of the hotel were completely missing. Uh, from the role when they returned to the vacation at the same hotel, it was nowhere to be found. Um, what do you think of that picture thing? That's kind of creepy. That would get to me a little bit because that's very go. That is vampire like with, with no, not showing up in photography. Um, but yeah, I mean that would that that's one of the moments in the movies with the music right there when they see that developed pictures. Those developed pictures. Yeah, I could I could see that happening of it being another time. I could see being able to carry over some of uh, what is from there. I mean, uh, if you're talking about the people, what was it? The envelopes or the letters? They yeah. didn't last very long, did they? What do you mean, like after he had them? Yeah, didn't they deteriorate fast? I didn't read that part. Uh, maybe I'll get into that. But it, that, it, with everything I've ever known about that subject, I'd say that yeah, they would have. And every. Um, Every um, Are You Afraid of the Dark episode would have had those cards disappear, slowly fade away into the darkness. 
um, in this article, uh, Time Slip, Time Travel, uh, Paranormal Experience. Packer describes a time slip that happened to him as a teenager. He was wandering around his aunt and uncle's motel restaurant, playing in the woods, which had no building, just woods. The motels had started to become a, a coincidence here. When he stumbled upon a cabin with several naked African-American children running around, overseen by their mother, uh, who was dressed in dated clothing, a turban, head wrap, and long dress. Uh, when the author tried to find what that cabin again a few days later, he could not. Uh, Packer's sister also told him of a story in which she saw a banshee several times after her ex-husband's father's death. In other cases, people from the past managed to talk to people in the future via phone conversations. Uh, it seriously leads to wonderfully bizarre questioning, you know what I mean? Which, uh, yeah, yeah, that brings up the phone. We talked briefly about that in the past, about like those phantom phone calls being a time slip situation. Now, I guess you could break it down where whether or not the phone call was for, meant for you or not. Maybe it was from the other side or... I don't know, maybe still a time slip from a different time in your life. But I think that that would be, you think uh, they'd both be a paranormal, whether it was somebody who called up and said, hey, Ray, or if it was just somebody that was like, it's 1941. We got the big bopper playing with us today. How you doing over there, sir? Do you want to buy a vacuum? You know what I mean? That right there is more. I think that's more. You know, when when you get those reoccurrences, like like in the electrical field. You know what I mean? I almost feel like that's like just a relayed message of like some a message from that time that however got got worked into the electric electrical field and worked its way out one day by by uh, you know whatever accident or whatever, but. Because it's pushing, it's still promoting the thing, but, like, to catch a phone call to you by somebody from the past would be crazy weird. That would be creepier. Like, I think it would be creepier to get a call from somebody in the past or maybe in the future that you won't know who it is and, like, makes sense than just some random person calling you being like... Hey, I'm from, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like, you know what I mean? It's definitely, definitely a lot creepier because you could always, you know, say that the other one was a prank, you know? You can't. Well, you could, you could always have, uh, you know, you get the call and 20 years later you meet, you meet somebody and you're talking to them and they kind of grin and all of a sudden you recognize the voice and the That's name. And it's like, uh, wait a minute. This person's like 15 years old. They weren't even alive 20 years ago. <laughs> See, that's how did cruel. they? Do, how did they do it? That gave me a good feel. That gave me good goosebumps. I like that. That was creepy. The um, yeah, weird, very weird stuff. It's one of those things. Have you have you seen Looper? The movie with uh, Bruce Willis. I don't think. I don't think so. I think you might like that. It's a, it's more of an action movie, but it's uh, Bruce Willis. You got Joseph Gordon Levitt, I believe. Um, plays like a young I think he plays a young Bruce Willis but like the Bruce Willis of the past like comes to comes to like get him uh, I forget exactly he's like he's a looper so like his whole deal is like they, they bring people through and he's the guy who like kills 
I, it's, it's been out long enough so I can probably spoil it, but I don't want to waste too much time on it. Um, he's a dude who, like, in the future, there's these things called loopers or whatever, and they, what, they, you, you know, people, when they, when they, like, jump back in time, they send them back, but they're, they kill them, so what they do is once they send them through this portal, they appear in front of this person who's, like, a hit, who's, like, the executioner, so when they appear, he just shoots the person, and then one, one circumstance comes through where somebody comes through and they actually run, they start to run off, and, and the dude doesn't shoot him quite yet, and he chases him down, and when he shoots him, he finds out, he, like, rolls him over, and it's, like, him, like, as an adult or some weird shit. Um, I haven't seen it in a while, but it's, like, one of those weird futuristic... But they, they kind of tie... Time slips and all that shit is very, uh, you know, big in, in that film. I, if you haven't seen it, you should. And if anybody out there hasn't seen it, you should, because it's actually a fun film. Um, Paul... Paul Dano, who's the bomb diggity too, as an actor, uh, he's in it as well. I got a good watch. You can usually find it super cheap too. Uh, for those folks looking for a little something, a little actiony, adventurey, thrillerish on a Friday rainy night when they put on an episode of mostly ghostly and they want they get so scared they gotta watch something to calm down before bed. Check out Looper with all those folks I just mentioned. So back to time slips. There's also been many great incidents of time slips uh, on Bold Street in Liverpool. Uh, some people consider Bold Street a time vortex, which we know Ray loves the vortexes, or a place, oh, yeah. yep, or a place especially sensitive to fluctuations in uh, uh, in time, possibly because of electromagnetic field disturbances. You know. I didn't know Liverpool had such a thing, but I would I would assume it's got to be with the LA, LA line. You know what I mean? It makes sense. There's probably yep. some stuff out that way. You got time vortexes too. You know, there's several places on Earth people believe to be especially susceptible to paranormal activity. Bold Street in Liverpool, England, like we just said, is believed to be one of these vortexes. There are also twelve spots along the oceans that are also believed to be time vortexes. And I believe you sent me a, uh, an article on that recently, which we were talking about cracking into, but we were going to actually do that the last uh, the episode before this, but we experimented a little. Um, you know, what's your take on the time vortexes? Um, I think that they're real. Yeah. I, re I really think that, and whatever the reason, whether it is at a conjunction of ley lines, whether it is a fluctuation in the electromagnetic field. I mean, I do know that right now, um, well, the Earth's electromagnetic, electromagnetic field, the poles shift about every, shift every 750,000 years. And we've gone past that point, so we're due for one. Yeah. And I know that in Russia, where they measured it, the electromagnetic, the uh, magnetic north pole has actually already started to move. They've actually measured how far it's moved. So it's moved off there. We know we have fluctuations in it, I think, in the south. I think it's out over the ocean, possibly Pacific. Uh, there's one spot that has weakened, uh, gotten very weak, which would be letting more radiation and other energies in. 
So you've got, and then you've got the ley lines, energy sources there. So with all of this going on for these uh, portals or these uh, vortexes to create a time slip, a point where you can travel through time, you can step back in time, doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. I have. Uh, I do have a, uh, a small story from Liverpool's Bold Street for us. On a Sunday-Saturday afternoon in July of 1996, Frank and his wife, Carol, uh, was visiting a Liverpool's Bold Street area for some shopping at Central Station. The pair split up. Carol went to Dylan's bookshop, and Frank went to HMV to look for a CD he wanted. As he walked up to the incline near the Lyceum Post Office slash Cafe building that led on to Bold Street, Frank suddenly noticed... He had entered a strange oasis of quietness. Suddenly, the small box van that looked like something out of the 1950s sped across his path, honking its horn as it narrowly missed him. Frank noticed the name on the van's side, said Kaplan's. When he looked down, uh, the confused police, the policeman saw he was unexpectedly standing in the road. The off-duty policeman crossed the road and saw that Dylan's bookstore now had crypts over its entrances. More confused, he looked in to see, not books, but women's handbags and shoes. Well, that's good, so his wife was still in the right place. Looking around, Frank realized people were dressed in clothes that appeared to be from the 1940s. Suddenly, he spotted a young girl in her early 20s dressed in a lime-colored sleeveless top. I always enjoyed lime-covered clothing. The handbag she was carrying had a popular brand name on it, which reassured the policeman that maybe he was still partly in the 1996 era. It was a paradox, but he was relieved, and he followed the girl into Crips. As the pair went inside, Frank watched in amazement as the interior of the building completely changed in a flash to that of Dylan's bookshop of 1996. The girl turned to leave and Frank lightly grasped the girl's arm to attract attention and said, Did you see that? She replied, Yeah, I thought it was a clothes shop. I was going to look around, but it's a bookshop. It was later determined that Cripps and Kaplan's were businesses based in the Liverpool during the 1950s. Whether these businesses were based in the locations specifi- specified in the story has not been confirmed. Uh, Frank's experience is not that unusual in the realm of strange phenomenon. There is even a, a name given to such events. And can you guess what that name is, Ray? Nope. Time slips. Woo! I was setting it up. I was volleying it up. You know what I mean? Um, but, yeah. So, yeah, Liverpool's doing a big over there with their madness over there. You know, do you know what the, na- the nature of time? Much of ancient Greek philosophy was concerned with understanding the concept of eternity. Uh, and the subject of time is central to all of the world's religious and religions and cultures. Can the flow of time be stopped or slowed? Certainly some mystics thought so. Angelus Silesius, the 17th century philosopher and poet, thought the flow of time could be suspended by mental powers. The time is of your own making. Its clock ticks in your head. The moment you stop thought, time stops dead. Boom. 
So that's kind of like once you die, time stops, which, you know, that's kind of bringing you back to that whole everybody's their own god type thing almost, you know, that thing where you when you die, it's all over. Because for you, it's all over. Everybody's their own little world, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I also think that when you're talking about the time slips and uh, the story you were just uh, talking about, and people may experience it in small ways that they don't realize. They see something, they turn away, and they look back, and they go, what? No, 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 I must have been imagining it. And they automatically dismiss it. Maybe they did get a glimpse of another time, another place, or that place in another time, when their mind was primed for it already, because maybe they weren't thinking, or maybe they uh, were extraordinarily open in that moment but we automatically dismiss that and we look back and we go oh no I was just imagining it maybe you weren't imagining it maybe it was real maybe there was a time slip there and you saw into another time saw something that's no longer there yeah might happen more than we realize hmm and we have another classic example of time slip can be seen in a note from Lynn in Australia. Lynn had read the book, Time Travel, A How-To Insider's Guide, Global Communications, uh, written in 1999. And though her experience was similar to others featured in the book, I guess hers was a little different. And in 1997, Lynn lived in a small outback town that was built in 1947. And it changed a little since that time. I was driving, this is her, in her words, I was driving toward the main intersection of the town when suddenly I felt a change in the air. It wasn't a, the classic colder feeling, but a change, like a shift in atmosphere, which I've felt stuff like that before, have you? I'm oh, sure yeah. you have, yeah. Uh, the air felt denser somehow. As I slowed at the intersection, I seemed to be suddenly transported back into a time approximately 1950. The road was dirt. The trees were gone, and coming toward me to the cross, the intersection was an old black car, something like a Vanguard or an old F.J. Holden. As the car passed through the intersection, the driver was looking back at me in total astonishment before he accelerated. From what I could see, he was dressed in similar 1950s fashion, complete with hat. This whole episode lasted perhaps 20 seconds and was repeated at least five times during my time there always at that exact spot. I tried to make out the registration plate, but the car was covered in dust. Lynn wondered if there uh, is someone out there still living who remembers seeing a strange sight at the intersection back in the 50s of a weird car with bug-eyed woman at the wheel, too. Uh, Derek E. tells another interesting time slip story that we'll get into real quick, but let's take a, let's take a look at what I, we just went through here. Um, so you, it, it, this happened to her five times while living in this area, you know, the same thing. Um, so yeah, that's more of like a reoccurrent one, right? You'd say? Agreed? Oh yeah, I think that For is, sure. uh, like, like I said at near the, uh, beginning of this episode, that's more like if there's a tear in a, tear in a fabric of time there, that, that slip is just not closing up. If the tear got too big, could that ever become a problem where, like, if it started to get so big that, like, it was engulfing things? I think it could. That'd be scary, yeah. Huh? 
I, I'm not scared. I'm curious. <laughs> I, uh, I'm a little bit of both, I assume. I'm, I'm very curious until it gets too big and too in my face, and then I'm, then I'm kind of figuring out how we could get in that time machine and figure it out. Um, you know, Derek E., this is the other one, you know, with the other gentleman, tells another interesting time slip story. When he was a child, his father was a taxi driver in Glasgow, Scotland. One day in the 60s, Derek's father was driving in the North City along Mary Hill Road near Queen's Cross, which is one of the older parts of town, which is now separated by the community outside the city. Uh, one minute it was now... Derek wrote, cars, buses, modern clothes, tarmac roads, etc. And the next thing my dad knew, he was in some earlier time. It was certainly pre-Victorian, given the clothes he described people wearing. Horses, rough road, lower buildings, people in rough clothes and bonnets, etc. You know, it was lasted as it took him to be aware of it. It lasted as long uh, for him to be aware of it. And then it vanished and he was back in now era. Uh, Derek also reported that in the 1980s, he and his wife were on a driving holiday in North York Moors in England. They went to the tiny coastal village called Stathes, which had uh, a steep, winding, and narrowing road down to the harbor with the entrance to the houses and narrow footway at a higher level, three or four feet. Um, do you feel that it would something like that, like these would follow people around, or they're just kind of where they're at? Um, if they follow someone around, I don't think they're following that person around. I think there's something in that person's mind mm -hmm. where they can see them or open them. And it seems like they're following them around. Interesting. Uh, we parked at the top of the village, Hamlet really, where the tourist buses and cars had to stop and made our way down on foot. What I remember is a brilliantly sunny day with lots of other people around, but as we made our way down, it just suddenly seemed as if no one else were there but my wife and me, and an old woman appeared on the footway opposite us. Old women automatically makes me think it's about to get creepy. It becomes cooler and duller. Uh, she asked, in what seems to me an old-fashioned and very polite way, what year it was. Now, lots of old people get confused, and it could have been that, but what I remember vividly is her black clothes, handmade, rough, and hand-sewn with buttons, really big compared with modern ones. Her shoes were very old-fashioned with much higher and chunkier heels than you'd see an older person wearing nowadays. In the time, uh, it took me to turn to my wife to say, did you see that? She was gone. The sun was back, and so were all the people. My wife also had seen the same old woman and felt the same chill. His expression, uh, his experience seemed strikingly similar to the traditional ghost stories. Many ghost sightings are readily explained as individuals who appear out of their normal location or time. But often the ghost also seems to change uh, the surroundings of the witness, giving the impression of a time slip. What is open to the question is whether these are glimpses into another time, or does the witness of the ghost actually travel in time? Perhaps it is simply different sides of the same coin. What's your take on that? Um, I think they're glimpsing. To me, it's a lot like they're glimpsing into another time. Um, the example, and the person on the other side can be uh, facilitating this. There's a time slip, and they help bring them through. So that they can see that other time. Um, I was doing a mediumship gallery one time, and there was a lady in the front row, and I was talking about 
her grandmother. And then the room faded, and I was standing in the kitchen. Now, I could have reached out and touched the table. This was like detail. I was standing in the kitchen. I just was looking around the room at everything in the room in detail. I actually took a couple steps to the side to peer in the other room to see what was in there. And then when I came back to where I was standing, it kind of all faded and went away. And then I started describing the room to um, the lady. And it was her grandmother. She used to go visit her in that house. Now, the thing is, did I pick up on a memory? Or did I? Did the grandmother actually allow me to see, open up a portal, or bring me back to that house? Because I took two steps inside of it to be able to peek around the corner. I've never really thought about it that much. I was just glad to be able to give a message. But I was able to take a couple steps, look into the into the living room from the kitchen, step back, oh, and the table was blocking me. I had to kind of step around it. So the best I could tell at the time is I was there until I snapped back to where I was. So I went somewhere yeah. at that time, and that place doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. How I did it, I never questioned. I just gave the messages. But that's, in a way, maybe the grandmother brought me back to that time and brought me back to that place so I could tell her granddaughter the story, the fun stories about when they were young, uh, when she was young and she used to visit there. Truth. I agree with that. It could be that wit- uh, it could be that the witness triggers time slips. This is a, a, a something speculated. Whether they blank their mind at the precise moment in the slip occurs, or the witness touches something that holds the memory of a previous time. You think it could be both of those things, or one or the other? Um, I think it could be both of those. And like they just mentioned, when the the mind is blank for a moment. When I used to teach mediumship, mm-hmm. uh, the biggest thing is people were trying, and I would keep on telling them over and over again, stop trying. Let your mind go blank. Let them in. Yeah. Let yeah. them communicate. Open yourself up. And uh, then it would be successful. But if you're talking about the time slip, if you're open to it and you don't have anything blocking it, then, yeah, whether it's someone on the other side uh, bringing you through or... Just at that point, when you're unfettered by all of the nonsense of the physical world in you're in right now, and you get to see what was there before, um, either case, I think that yeah, you could you're actually viewing another time. Mm. Yeah, supported. The uh, the simplest explanation uh, is that they want to go with here is the. Uh, the, psychom- the psychometric hip- hypnosis, which is noted by Colin Wilson and John Grant in the, diction- the Directory of Possibilities. In the mid-19th century, Dr. Joseph Rhodes Buchanan of the Covington Medical Institute performed experiments that convinced him that certain of his students that he could hold letters in their hands and accurately describe the character of the writer. He became convinced that the all the objects carry their history uh, phot- photographed in them. Buchanan wrote, The past is entombed in the present. The discoveries of psycho, uh, uh, psychometry uh, will enable us to explore 
history of man as those of geology enable us to explore the history of Earth. Uh, clearly, psychometry may be seen as a form of time slip. What do you, what you take on that with the whole photograph thing, thinking that, you know, whatever is photographed, you're kind of entombing history. So certain cultures have beliefs like that, too. Well, that that goes back to when I used to bring things to my mother. I used to bring things that she brought over mm-hmm. from the old country so that when they touched it and they held it, it had the memories and the history of that old country there, and they saw things of places they'd never been in a way it is no longer. So that kind of drew them in, and, and that history and that place was held in that object that they were holding. So, yeah, they, they in, in that viewing that history of that uh, object and going to that place, they experienced a shift in time. Yeah, it's crazy. We've got a list of a couple classic ones, but we, you know, we've talked about a few classic ones throughout. You know, um, there's so many. I mean, they're all kind of revolve around the same thing. It's time slip, so it's we're catching more old old timey stuff. We're not really catching anything from the future, which would be kind of cool to catch a nice someone coming from the future. You know. Like we said, I think that. Oh, know, I was gonna say, like we said, even with the ghost, the paranormal side of things of the, you know, the ghost, you're, they're often seen in older clothing. You know, like it's, it's kind of like the go. If someone was gonna make up a story, the go-to thing to say is, "Oh, they were in Victorian clothing," because it's just so common. You know what I mean? It's one of those things. I think. When it, whenever somebody says jumps to that, I, you know, I'll, I'll take I'll take their word for it. But I always kind of, eh, you know, the Victorian clothing thing. I mean, you can't help it being real, but you never hear them really in much other clothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. What I what I was thinking about was that um, I just recalled there was a study done in England, and they did it with mediums, mm-hmm. and uh, they did some initial screening, and they got it down to five of them. And they hooked them up to sensors on the brain. They even had sensors watching um, things to be able to track eye movement. Yeah. And they had certain rules, uh, like they couldn't ask questions, etc. And they would sit someone down and they would give information. And what they found out from monitoring the brain, that there was a part in the front of the brain that became very active, which was not usually active. And it was increasing beta, beta waves, or beta waves. Not sure which way you say it. Mm. Uh, there was an increase in those waves, which the only time that showed up is during deep meditation or a re- so-called religious experience that someone was having. So a part of the brain in the people giving the messages was activated we don't usually use. And... What could be happening with people is that when they are relaxed, when they are open, when they're not thinking, is that part of the brain, and the brain is in a, uh, functions on electrical current, or electricity is energy, so that energy, their energy may suddenly be able to go through time, may be able to uh, open that little portal or that rift and be able to look through this or even step through that time slip and see something that... Uh, 
is no longer that way now. It could be 50 years, could be 100 years or more. Yeah. But it's the, the brain altered in that way can release those images so that you can, uh, uh, well, it can actually recognize those images and see it and take you to that time. Yeah. I agree. So we got, we got, you know, unfortunately, we're unable to kind of harness ta- this, to these things. Well, some of us aren't, you know, I can't speak for Ray, but I can only speak for myself. I'm unable to harness time travel, so I can't, you know, we can't just dip into wherever we want to dip, but I do believe that uh, it is a, there is a possibility of it out there and that there are these time slips out there that, you know, you could find yourself in a a whole new world, baby, you know. Is there, I, was th- yeah. I was talking to someone one time and we were talking about and... Um Oh, we were having a conversation, and it was about uh, someone and their family. And it was what came up was I saw a cemetery and I saw a grave, mm-hmm. and I saw a name on it, and I could see what the cemetery was. Now I had never been there; they had never been there. What they did do is they googled googled it found where the cemetery was, went to visit it, and actually found the grave. Yeah. So that that was either remote dis, remote viewing, or maybe that spirit showed me the picture, or basically while they were talking with my mind open, I went back to when that person was being buried, because when I saw it, it was freshly turned earth. When they saw it, and this is 50 years later, it was all grass grown over it. Yeah. That was the only That was the only difference. So there was a little bit of a slip. Something happened there where I saw something out of the past when that person was buried, came up with the name and the dates, and they were able to go and verify it uh, after doing some searching around. Yeah. So, is it, again, is it possible? Definitely. Yeah. Well, be uh, everybody out there, be on the lookout when you're walking around, especially in some uncommon places. You know, you never might... You never know what, even when you're, what you might find yourself in, even when you're by yourself, right? Well, yeah, I agree, and uh, it's the open mind thing. Going back to training the mediumship, people would be over there and have a look on their face, and they'd say, just say it. Don't think, just say it, and they'd say something, and I'd be able to relate, yes, you are seeing, you know, that was my father, my grandfather, my mother, or whatever, but they'd get a flash of something, and they wouldn't trust it. When you're out and around, and like I said before, you look at something, you look away, you go back and go, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. I, I must have been imagining it. Maybe you were not imagining it. Maybe your mind with that time was just in tune with that time slip, in tune with that period, and you did get a glimpse. Yeah. Don't, autom- don't automatically dis- dismiss it and say, oh, no, it's my imagination. Maybe not. Maybe you did see the past. Yeah. People are always so quick to just dismiss things because it's a little, uh, a little out of the norm for them, a little too out of the norm for them. You know what I mean? Well, they trust science too much. Uh, you go back far enough in time, and uh, you know, science or the authorities at the time thought that uh, basically the sun went around the earth. So <laughs> we learn new things all the time. Truth. 
Yeah. Well, I think, you know, that was a great journey and a great talk on time slips and time travel on this week's episode of Mostly Ghostly. I know myself and Ray want to thank everybody out there for listening, and uh, we'll catch you all on the next episode. And do us all a favor. Tie your shoes, because the last thing you want to do when going through a time slip is have a time trip. Stay safe out there, everybody.